this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Looking around, I finally see I think I need a change The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough. Glad you're joining me today. And today, I have an interview with uh, Luke Weinhagen. He's the author of the book, Primal Primer. It's about using traditional knowledge uh, to face the real world. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Uh, We're going to look at learning primal survival skills for uh, real world application. Now, Luke is a, uh, he's a certified situational awareness instructor he's a former united states marine he's founder of core human competence llc and the creator of dangerously competent a self-defense and self-sufficiency training program for over 15 years luke has taught individuals families and organizations to assess risk respond swiftly and win he is the author like i said of the primal primer and an applied theory fellow at the natural law institute i feel like this is a little bit different of a podcast than what we normally do but i think it's really good and i think you're really going to gain something um from uh, what luke has to say and you might be asking yourself what does this have to do with modern homesteading and we're going to get into that question in this episode so uh without further delay uh let's just jump right into that interview well, Luke, welcome to the uh, Modern Homesteading Podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Take some time with me today. Well, I uh, <laughs> I got to admit, I'm I'm intrigued by the topic today. Uh, <laughs> um, you've written a book uh, uh, called Primal Primer. Is that right? Correct. The Primal Primer. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's about traditional um, traditional skills, traditional knowledge. Yeah. And- yeah. Um, it, so it's the um, basically it, it's my contention it's my uh, articulation of what the, the skill sets that we've kind of abandoned but that are required for us to really fully develop into being humans okay well i i gotta i gotta admit i'm real anxious to hear how this you know ties into modern homesteading i, sure, I think it does sure. i mean i i i see some of the applications of course yeah. you know i'm i'm sure you're gonna enlighten me on a whole bunch of things i never thought of um you know as far as like you know uh foraging and, and some of the bushcraft skills. Right. I mean, yeah. I think they tie right into modern homesteading as far as provision. But I feel like from the questions that you've kind of presented to me in, in the that there's maybe more of a, a mental side of it, more of a yes. just the way it kind of makes us think about things. So I, yeah. I'm anxious to hear about that as well. But before Absolutely. we jump into that, how did you uh how did you get started down this path? <laughs> um so I, I got I got into this stuff intentionally, right? I, I I'm a I'm a city kid, right? I grew up in the city, born, born and raised, whatever. Um, I'm also a, a, a child of a, of a broken home, right? So my my dad was was an addict, an alcoholic, right? We got to see him one weekend a month, that type of thing. Parents were divorced, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really have a strong male role model in my life. Um, so a lot of this stuff that that we're going to talk about today, the stuff that I've learned through all this stuff, the stuff I had to go searching for and finding myself because I didn't have it made available to me as a, as a child, right? It just wasn't part of my experience growing up. Um, then, you know, of course, as I got older, I started, I, I got married, had kids of my own, and I found myself looking at both my experiences in the world and watching their experiences in the, in the world. And, and there was just some consistent things missing, right? We're, we're seeing things like anxiety get worse and worse. We're seeing things, mm-hmm. things like depression get worse and worse. You know what? I, my own experiences with depression in, in high school, my best friend killed himself. Right. So mm-hmm. I, had, I had to walk through that and walk through how the, the mental health profession tried to engage with us through that process. And it really soured me on 
on, you know, they, they wanted to shut down those emotions and, and turn off those emotions and medicate, medicate our, our way through that yeah. the morning process. You know, you know, my, my response to that was like, how dare you try to take away my morning from me? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't, don't do that to me. Right. And so, and so, so I experienced some of that myself. And then I watched my kids going through and seeing their, their peers and their friends having the same types of struggles and same types of problems. And so I started trying to figure out what's missing. What are we not doing that we need to be doing? Why, why, you know, if, if we think about it, we've never had easier access to resources than we do today. And mm-hmm. we've never been safer than we are today. Mm-hmm. And yet our dysfunction is off the charts. Right. We've never been sicker than we are today. Right. Yeah. Why, why is that? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of, that's the, the big question that I started exploring. And, and, and so it led me, you know, into various layers of human psychology and human behavior. I've always been a, been a student of human behavior. Um, and so I started digging through things like, you know, all the psychology books and stuff like that. And I came, I came across, are you familiar with, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Really, yeah. Yeah. Right. So that, that's the one that really jumped out at me as I was doing this, this digging, this exploration is, the, the hierarchy needs it, it, it's an old concept, but it was formalized by by Maslow, and it, it's that we have to address and take care of those lower level needs before we can progress up into those higher level needs, right? Mm-hmm. It, his his goal is, is human transcendence, right? Where we integrate fully as humans and, and into our into our psyche and into our emotions, and all that things are fully integrated, right? But it has to start with with addressing those bottom level needs, right? The the food. The water, the clothing, the shelter, the the elimination, the reproduction, the the safety, the security, all all of those types of things have to be established and in place before we can even think about how do we interact with each other, how do we cooperate, how do we engage, how do we move you know forward as as groups of people, right? We have to have those basic needs sure, met, yeah. right? Um, it's it's a, that's kind of where, where going through you know digging into the process, I, I started looking at the needs and and. What does it mean? Because it, because our needs are being met. So why is it? Why is everybody so broken when our needs are clearly largely being met, mm-hmm. right? And, and th- so that got me looking at okay, what in that dynamic is missing, right? So we have we have you know Maslow and his his cohort and his peers. They explored needs in depth and, and rigorously, and they it's very clear from their research that our needs have to be met in order for us to be healthy organisms, animals, people, humans, right? Sure. In order for, yeah. for healthy expression, right? But we're not healthy, even though our needs are being met. So there's something else going on there. Right? And so that's when I started putting together this idea that maybe it's not enough to just have our needs met. Maybe just like we need to learn how to walk and we need to learn how to talk. We need as humans to learn how to meet those needs ourselves. Okay. So it's not so yeah. much about the the result as maybe the process. Yeah. Um, getting there, you know, you right. need to know how to get there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I got you. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that, that's kind of where, where, where my research took me and my, my digging took me. And so I started exploring that more deeply and more deeply. And I'm consistently seeing where these, where the mental health problems are manifesting, where the dysfunctions are manifesting, where the social cohesion is breaking down. It's in groups that are getting further and further away from being able to meet those needs themselves. And so that's what okay. I, I put the theory together. I put the arguments together and, and that's what drove me to, to write them. But that's what got me looking at all this stuff and learning it myself. I was like, I, I need to be able to pass this stuff on to my kids, right? Yeah. I need to be able to teach this stuff to my kids, which means I have to learn it. <laughs> See, I've always thought it was important to learn these things as well, but more right. for the result than the process, right. you know, more because right. I, I think we need to be able to feed ourselves and we need to yes, be able to do these absolutely. things. But, you know, having a more end result than, than right. the process of it. Right. Um, so I, I agree with you that I feel like it's really important. But, yeah, I want to really dig into that, why you think that yeah, that absolutely. is what, you know, makes the bigger difference, learning <laughs> yeah. those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, so so and that's that, that's what brought me to, to, to writing writing the Primal Primer, right? So I, I came I started learning all this stuff and, and I've done some other things in similar areas, right? Like for, for a handful of years back in, you know, the the, the early 2000s, I ran um, a, a strength a strength and conditioning gym and I ran a powerlifting gym and an Olympic weightlift. I was an Olympic weightlifting coach and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And through, through that process, I saw, you know, when, when people would make these changes in their, their physiological competence, mm-hmm. it would have carryover effects into all these other areas 
of their life. They navigated themselves through the world in a very different way when they learned how to do their first pull-up that has absolutely nothing to do with any of these other areas of life that they were navigating. And yet it changed just that, just that increase in competence changed how they were able to move through their everyday life and and how they navigated the relationships and things like that. Right. And I just use pull-ups as an example, but all of those competencies, you know, as they, as they improved those competencies, increased those competencies, we saw those changes occur. Right. And so, so so that, that, that had me thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we can do that same thing in, in these other domains. Right. So let me, let me lay a little bit, little bit of a foundation here for, for where my framework comes from. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I view technological advance as a, a mechanism that introduces a gap between our actions and behaviors and nature's feedback for those actions and behaviors, nature's consequences. And I include things such as civilization as one of those technologies. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, the, the, the hut provides a bigger gap than the cave to nature's feedback. The house provides a bigger gap than the hut to nature's feedback, right? It, we get we get further and further away from those pressures that nature puts on us, right? Mm-hmm. And these are good things. We want these things to, to happen, right? But as we do that, as we distance ourselves from nature's pressures, um, we start to lose the impact that those pressures have on us, right? And, and it, we, we, we've come to realize through, through some other domains that it's essential in order for us to optimize our genetic expression, it's essential for those pressures to be applied on us, right? Look, look at, um, and I talked a little bit about the, the, the fitness stuff. We don't, we largely don't have a need to run away from scary animals. We largely don't have a need to climb up over onto ledges or over fences or walls. I found some farms where these look like these were necessities when the bulls chasing you. Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, we we largely don't have a need to to lift up giant boulders and throw them at things, right? Right, And yet we are very clear that if we don't get those pressures, our bodies really suffer for it. Our physical bodies really suffer for it. So what do we do? We create things like gyms and and trainers and diet programs and things like that. We introduce proxies for nature's feedback. Right, because we're not getting that feedback directly from nature. We introduce proxies for those pressures. Yeah, hundred years ago, people didn't talk about dieting. I doubt right, very much. Yeah. Right, and they weren't. They didn't. They didn't have jogging programs. So they, you know, they. Right. They, they weren't. There was no such thing as a deadlift bar. Right. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's, I just. They were part of our lived experience. Right. They were part of our everyday how we moved, how we utilized the world. We had to just build those competencies through being human. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we see the same thing true, being true for for our cognitive fitness. Right. We we don't have nature's pressure anymore. We don't have to be out there hunting all day, every day. We don't have to be gathering, doing plant identification all day, every day. We don't have to be, you know, be paying aware, paying attention to is the neighboring tribe going to attack us all day, every day. We don't have to keep that, you know, our minds working like that all the time. It right? probably depends on what neighborhood you live in. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so so we've also we've, we've created proxies for that. We've done a decent job of creating proxies for that. We have puzzles. We have games. We have music we have language we have art we have all these proxies now that that provide those that, the pressure that nature would be providing mm-hmm. even though we've distanced ourselves from nature's pressure right um and that's I, I believe the same thing is true for our psychological well-being we need nature's pressure to optimize the genetic expression of our psychological well-being and what i call our perceptual well-being Right, which is our ability to observe our environments and read our environments and things like that. And that's one of the reasons I reached out to you. One of the things I love about what, what you're doing is you've taken the the, the not just the, the concept of homesteading and, and permaculture and things like that, right? You, you're doing this activity that it doesn't just produce the results you're looking for it to produce, but in just the act of doing these things, you've reintroduced nature's pressure into your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And into the lives of the people that you share this with. Right. You reintroduce those pressures onto your system, onto your psychology, onto your ability to be aware of your environment. You're paying more attention to what's going on around you just by sure. doing, just yeah. by engaging in the practices that you engage in. Right. And so you've, you've, you, even in, I think you're still in a, in a small, smaller lot, right? You're, you're some yeah. acreage. Yeah. Right? Quarter, quarter acre. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Pretty so small. E- even, yeah. even though you're living in a very, in a very modern, home in a very modern you know space you've reintroduced you've introduced a proxy for nature's feedback into that space mm-hmm. by, by adapting and adopting 
the the the, the behaviors that you've adapted and adopted, and, and you've really integrated the the traditional, the 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 natural into the modern technology of the, the home you're living in and in the space that you're living sure, in. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm that's what I'm advocating for. I'm not I'm not looking for a regression back to us being cavemen. Right. <laughs> I'm looking for integration. I'm looking for us to, to to find and reintroduce those proxies for nature's pressure onto our mental health and our and our ability to perceive. Yeah, and in my own situation, I don't know if you know my situation or not, but it was actually a cancer diagnosis right. that kind yeah, of drove yeah. me to that point. And yeah. it's like you almost think that you know, um, in some ways, um, you know, that, that fear and that, you know, it kind of set me down that path of half right. getting the control of, yeah. you know, get, get a, in connection with that, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I mean, I think that even if maybe in, in your own situation, your own life, there were events that kind of led you in a path of, of seeking that out. So right. it seems like even, even if you're trying to get away from that, sometimes life just kind of pushes you back to that. Right. Well, and, and, and that, you know, that's the thing that we, we, neglect or we try to pretend doesn't exist right nature's feedback is always there and it's always going to catch up to us yeah. right we neglect those pressures we try to avoid them we try to you know we try to just stay in ease for too long and too much we're gonna we're gonna find this disease right we're gonna get there yeah <laughs> right and i think we're seeing that in a lot of ways in a lot in, across a lot of different people you know like your 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 own example right i mean you, your lifestyle produced some pretty significant and pretty terrible feedback Yeah, that you then had to figure out how to navigate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your, your story of navigating it, it, it's inspirational. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a warrior's walk there. So I, I appreciate reading it, but, but it, 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 you know, it demonstrates clearly, at least to me, that we can't get away from nature's feedback. We can distance ourselves from it, but if we ever lose touch with it completely, yeah, we're going to suffer terrible yeah. consequences. Yeah. I, th- I think I agree with all that. Yeah. Sounds Sounds logical, really. I mean, we were people made to, you know, live a certain way when we try to get too far away from that. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's consequences to that, I think. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, so would you say all these things are the primal sur- survival skills? I mean, that's what the goal is to, to get back to those. Yeah. Yeah. And and so with, with the primal primer specifically, what I was trying to do is distill a, a set of skills that covered all of those basic needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the book, you know, I, I, I go, I go over a lot of this in the book. I go over the why I go over, I go over the what. Um, and then with each of the skills that I use in the book, I, I, I provide instructions on how to do them. Right. And what, what, what it represents. And the reason I call it a primer, right. Cause it's really, it really is just a primer. It's not an exhaustive list of things that you need to master things. Like that. It's really just the absolute minimum set of skills required to restore what I call core human competence, hmm. right? And truly the absolute minimum set. And, and I, I tried to focus on um, skills that were applicable no matter what type of environment you're in, right? Because every environment can be so different. But what, what I wanted to do was create sort of a foundation that people could extrapolate from, right? So that they had this one thing they, they absolutely knew, knew they could do. And from there, whatever they're confronted with, they have at least that to draw from to, to, to navigate the, the new and unfamiliar that, that they're being exposed to. Right. And again, this isn't a replace modern technology thing. It's a, we have to do this for the same reason we have to work out. We have to do this for the same reason we have to watch what we eat. We have to know these skills for the same, for those same reasons, right. Just because yeah. we have to have those pressures there. Even if we don't ever need to use them, we have to know how to do them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm, finding examples i'm thinking in my own life okay like i like to deer hunt for example but yes. i really don't like to deer hunt with a gun i like to take, I like to use a bow right. you know i like to make it harder i like to yeah. you know incorporate some skill into it and mm-hmm. give it make it a challenge out of it and I, right. i'm thinking that kind of falls into what you're saying a little bit absolutely. that desire to do that yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know that's that's we find ourselves drawn to things like that anyways mm-hmm. and, and I, I believe that that's because it's so essential to being human having these skills you know we, we think that because it's not an instinct that it's not part of what makes us human but we, we it's a skill just like learning how to walk is a skill it's not something we're born knowing how to do learning how to talk is a skill we developed it's not something we're born learning how to how to do right so just like there's a a, a set of skills that that represent our transition from from infancy to childhood what, what i'm what i'm addressing what i'm talking about here is is another set of skills that represents our transition from childhood 
to adulthood, right? To being that fully mature, fully developed human. And that's what I'm trying to get the awareness of and get us back to with, with what I'm presenting. So, okay. Let's let the cat out of the bag a little bit. What are these prime, these primer <laughs> skills, right, these, right, these basic right. skills that you think yep. are kind of like what Absolutely. we should be learning. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and, and I covered them a little bit already. So you have to be able to acquire your own food. Mm-hmm. Right. And that whether the, the ones I cover in the book are. Are, are hunting and gathering, but I, I use um, fishing and snaring as hunting, right? So it doesn't okay. have to be super, you know, extravagant. It doesn't have to. You don't need a ton of equipment. Um, so you have to be able to gather your own food. You have to be able to um, source your own water, and that okay. includes how to filter it, right? So you have to be able to acquire drinkable, sure. consumable water that's not going to kill you. Right? Same thing for the food. Um, <laughs> you have to be able to create um, some way of mitigating your environment things like temperature right you have to be able to either produce fire produce shelter things like that some ways to mitigate exposure right okay um, yeah. so we talk, I talk about that in, in the book and, and methods for, for doing that um you have to be able to avoid dangerous contact right so i talk about that that in the book quite a bit um and you have to be able to keep the things you've already acquired secure so they're not being taken from you. You're not losing them. Things like that, right? So, so for example, one of the things that one of the things I address early in the book is um, cordage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I put a little class together in the book on how to make a simple two braid weave out of cord, right? Now, cordage isn't an essential need. You don't need cordage. You can't eat cordage. You can't drink cordage. It's not going to keep you warm. Things like that, right? But you can use it to help do all of those other things. You can use cordage sure, to yeah. make. The, the the net for, for for fishing. You can use cordage to make the snares. You can use cordage to make the clothing to 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 keep the you know the elements at bay, right? So so there's some certain things in there that I discussed that aren't directly addressing the needs, but I think that are essential to addressing the needs. Same thing with producing fire, right? I mean, human beings existed for quite a while before they had access to fire, you know, consistent access to fire, right? You can do the the gathering of foods and things like that without fire, but Fire is a force multiplier for, for our ability to survive our environments, right? So I, I go over fire-making things in, in there as well. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the purpose of all of these is to re- reestablish that core human competence, right? I want people to be able to do this, this stuff, right? This minimum set of skills. But sure. Because, just because it's important to know them. So, so okay. These skills, I mean, I actually, I mean, I see where they could possibly have uh, real world application, you know, as far right. as using right. these things, doing right. these right. things, right. but even if you never do need to do any of these things, right. do you think the the reason you need to learn how to do these is because it gives you a confidence or it yeah. gives you some, I mean, is there some other kind of a, a connection here other than right. that? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So, so confidence is a big one. Um, the, 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 the biggest one for, from, from the, the research that I've dug into is when you're, when you're, Incapable of meeting your needs yourself, you're dependent on others mm-hmm. for the meeting of those needs. Yeah. Right. And that's different than reliance, right? Reliance is a choice. Dependence is not a choice. Mm-hmm. Dependence means that if you stop doing it, then you stop existing. Right. I mean, that's, that's what dependence right. is. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So um, imagine any organism in the state of they're completely dependent on somebody else to provide their food, to provide their water, to provide their shelter, to keep mm-hmm. them safe and secure. Right now, when you're in that dependent state, you're also at a, in a state where at any point that can be withdrawn from you because you're, you aren't capable of doing it yourself. Right. And so that creates um, this this low grade and, and, you know, different people are going to be more or less sensitive to it. But it's this low grade, continuous state of anxiety that you're in when you're in that dependent state. Right. And so we're 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 we're, <laughs> we're reaching adulthood, what we're calling adulthood in that state of continuous anxiety in that state of dependence incapable of provisioning our own basic needs and and 
we're effectively we're the first animal complex animal on the planet that's ever done that. Every other complex animal that's ever existed on the planet can provision its own needs. Mm-hmm. Learns how to provision its own needs, or you know, it has the instincts well, to provision its say, own needs. Say the human could up till just a you know probably exactly. a, a few it, decades ago. It's, probably, it's a, yeah, it's a very recent <laughs> it's a very recent uh, phenomenon, yeah. and that's that's why that's why that's why we need a primer to start getting back into it. Yeah. Right? you know, I think I think you know as technology has advanced and improved over the course of human history, we, we've gotten a little bit further further away from it, but it was still part of how we we got through the day. Every day, we used all these skills on a regular basis, right? But then, when we got to like the industrial revolution, we really started to lose our, our connection with with our environments and our ability to navigate those environments as an organism as that's part of that environment, right? Mm-hmm. And and it didn't all happen all at once. And we, we had we had periods where we had to go back to it. You know, you look at things like the Great Depression; it forced us to go back into you know using a lot of these skills and stuff like that. So we had it wasn't just a steady distancing away from it it wasn't a steady abandonment but definitely in the last you know two three generations we've we've almost completely with, with the exception of outliers you know people that are still hunting and things like that people like you that are doing permaculture and stuff like that without with the exception mm-hmm. of the outliers as a society we've abandoned our connection to these skills altogether yeah and i think we're seeing the the, the effect of that abandonment across I, I, society <laughs> it seems like a lot of people would argue the fact that that uh, the modern conveniences and the modern technology would actually relieve a lot of anxiety and depression. Right. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're actually arguing the opposite. Saying yes, that it's arguing, the cause of it. I'm yeah. arguing the opposite. Yeah. And let, yeah. let me throw another thing at you here. Um, and this is, this is a big one. This, this is one that I, I kind of have to lay the foundation through the book in order for this to even come across to people. Right. If you can't say no, I talked about dependence, right. If you can't say no, cooperation is impossible. Cooperation mm-hmm. has to be a choice or it doesn't exist. So think about where people are dependent right now in our society. That how once you start to look at that, you start to realize how little we're actually cooperating these days. Yeah. I agree with you. State of, <laughs> we're in a state of constant dependence. When, it, when yeah. you're when you're that dependent party, you you have to keep the people and, and the systems that you're dependent upon amenable to continue providing for those needs. You have to keep them happy enough to keep providing for those needs, right? So you have to comply. You have to go along with them. You have to, you know, you have to stay in line, right? And, and yeah. you know, I, no matter how anybody feels about the, the last couple of years, it was a stark wake-up call about what that, what that means, what the type of pressures that we can face when we're in that position, we're in that compromised position, so right? You, know, you would even say that maybe the, the threat of that going away, if you don't comply or don't compromise could actually cause the a lot of anxiety and depression yeah, just knowing is, that could happen at any point if yeah if, it, it it is causing that, that, that yeah, anxiety yeah. and depression yeah you know you look at look at um look at animals in captivity you go to the zoos and stuff like that right you you, you see the same things happening with them right mm-hmm. if if they're in the cage they get they start to manifest all the same behaviors we see in humans they start to manifest the anxiety they start to manifest the depression they start yeah. to manifest the the inappropriate panic and inappropriate aggression right they yeah. start to manifest all of these things and over time the 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 zoos and something that they've learned this and then what are they what have they done they've started to try to mirror the animal's normal environment more and more in their in their enclosures and try to get the animals close to living in their normal environment as they can Right. We've been going, we've, we've put yeah. ourselves through, you know, as humans, we've put ourselves through basically a process of domestication, mm-hmm. right. As we've gotten further and further away from nature. Right. And so what we need to do and what I'm, what I'm advocating for, what I'm, what I'm arguing for is we need to reintroduce these ways of getting our habitat to look more like, like our nature. Like, like we need those pressures. We need to have the experience of, and my goal, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you're, you're the, the walking embodiment of the positive effects of that. Right? I mean, the closer we get to that, and, and, and again, yeah. I, I I like modern medicine. Yeah, I like electricity. <laughs> well, right? I like being able to do a Zoom call like we're doing now. Right. And exactly. Exactly. Do. I mean, I could never have this conversation with you and do this podcast and make these connections worldwide if we didn't have technology. So right. I, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. But so, I, so I'm yeah. not I'm not down on technology at all. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of, of technology, but I, I do believe and I do argue that we have to have 
these proxies in place for nature's mm. feedback that we've get that we've abandoned and gotten ourselves away from. And that's my goal with all of this is to reintroduce those. So. You you say all this and and I can't find anything. I'm going, Oh no, you're wrong about that. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's something I feel like a lot of us just, we know, we know inside, you know, right. but you've put it in words in a book and that that's helpful, right. you know? And I think that right. yeah, that's valuable for sure. Yeah. One thing, you know, you know, it, it, think about, We've all we've all been late on an assignment, right? You, you've been ho- late on a homework assignment or a work assignment, or something like that. And you, your 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 brain, when you're in that position, your brain starts to signal you. It starts to it starts to make you feel um, bad about that procrastination, right? It starts to worry at you, right? The, 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 it's just part of how our brain structure works, right? That's part of the emotional response to the, the feedback that we're getting from our environment. And mm-hmm. all all I'm suggesting is that that same thing is happening to us. With with all of our needs, not just not just those you know rare occurrences where we're behind on something or we're, we're due. It's just that that is right now. That's part of how most of us are navigating the world. Is with that constant low grade drip of anxiety, ever present. And, and man, just thinking about that, that yeah. of course our our relationships are going to suffer for that. Of course our ability to communicate effectively with, with people that, that differ from us is going to suffer. You know, yeah. we're going to be walking around scared of everything. Just, just hearing you say on. it's making oh. me anxious. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the opposite no. of my goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, so let me just kind of back up here a second. So I'm a, I, and I know, I know, I know that it ain't this simple and this straightforward, but I'll oh, let okay. you go. I'll get you go from this. Yeah. Let's, let's so if I start on. making some chords, and I start filtering my water, and I start hunting and trapping. My anxiety and my depression is going to go away. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna help. It's gonna help. <laughs> so it, it's it's not going to cure all, right? We've we've created right. we've introduced I, a lot you. of dysfunctions yeah. into our into our environments and into our experiences, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot broken right now, and this isn't going to fix everything. But but it is going to create a foundation that allows us to address all the other things that we've introduced that are that aren't working well, right? And so and that's really the, the big thing here is I just want to restore. A foundation for people to, to to do this integration of technology from to do this you know I, I, in my view and my perspective most of the stuff we we should probably have learned by the time we're about 12 years old yeah it just doesn't take yeah. away from our ability to specialize into our, our careers or any of that kind of stuff yeah. this is this is truly fundamental rudimentary human competence I'll, I'll tell you i'm I'm thankful i'm right now I'm, you're talking about this stuff and i'm going man i'm thankful i grew up in a home where we actually did things like that my dad took right, us out yeah. we we hunted and fished and trapped and yeah. you know we foraged for mushrooms and did all the things you know and, and and now i look at back on that and i go yeah i'm glad i know those things even though i don't right. use them to, to provide for myself maybe in a huge huge way i do a little bit but there was years where i didn't and i did it more for just because I liked it, you know, it was part right. of who I was, you know. Right. But that that because because you have that skill set already, no nobody, nothing outside of you know, system can come to you and say, do what we tell you, or we're gonna take away your ability to, to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they ever say that to you, you can still say no. And no is the most important word in cooperation. It's not yet. Yeah, we, we we associate cooperation with the word yes, with the affirmative. Right. But no is actually the most important word in cooperation because it can't exist without the option to say, no, I won't cooperate. Right. So so you having those skill sets means that you're always in a better position to cooperate than than people that don't have those skills. Yeah. That, yeah. I, makes I, sense. I like cooperation. I value it. I want my kids to grow up in a world where we're cooperating with each other, not compelling each other or coercing each other or manipulating each other. So. You probably talk about this in your book, I'm sure. But what? so what I do these things, it it it. What does it give me? It gives me confidence. We we nailed that one. Self esteem, maybe. Uh, it takes away fear because now I'm not dependent on yep. saying yes to you. I mean, what is, right. are these? Am I going down the right path here? Yeah, okay. you're going down the right path. One of the other one of the other big things um, that I cover in the book. Uh, it, 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 my day job. I'm a uh, I'm a certified situational awareness instructor. Right, so I I, okay. I teach organizations, public facing organizations, situational awareness and behavioral analysis. Right. So they can get out ahead of bad things happening. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the big things that I cover in the book is is this idea, this concept of of situational awareness. It, because it's the it's the start point of all of our decision making is the ability to observe. Right. Are, are you familiar with um with uh, Colonel Boyd's OODA loop concept? No. no the observe, orient, decide, act. 
Right? That sounds it, familiar. It, yeah. Right. It's 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 Colonel Boyd. He was an Air Force Colonel. He he came up with it as a decision making process. Right. And and. It, it, it's useful outside of the military as well. It's been applied to. Yeah. I think a lot of workplaces teach that yeah. as like a, yeah, yeah, they, teach, yeah. they teach the same thing. Yeah. Um, the very first step in that is, is observe. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to even get to quality actions, you have to have quality observations. Right. And so that's why I spend a lot of time on situational learning because as you're moving through your environment, you want to be able to look at everything, you're, everything around you and, and identify the resources both, you know, from the standpoint of getting your ne- your needs met, right? And you want to be able to identify the threats in order to determine the safety of that environment, how you're going to respond to that environment, right? So it, it's hugely, that, that observation piece is hugely important. And to, to get back to your question about, you know, what this provides for you, in addition to, you know, alleviating that, that low-grade anxiety, in addition to this being an absolutely essential requirement for maintaining the opportunity for cooperation, this turns you into someone that is in control of your environment rather than your environment controlling you. Yeah. Right. So if you put all of the pieces together, it means you are the one navigating your environment. You don't, you don't ever have to wait for the world to be safe because you can safely navigate the unsafe. Yeah. It's again, I feel like this, these are things that, are just part of me, whether I would ever verbalize them or not. I right. go in, I, if I sit in a restaurant, I don't sit with my back to the door. Right. You know, I, right. I sit in a position where I can see people and see right. things. And, yeah. you know, I mean, these are just the basics of it, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I think things, little things that we do that we're trying to control the the situation around us, you know, and, yeah. and make sure we, we, we got an eye on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, kind of what I'm getting at is that these are very basic human skills mm-hmm. and, and you know a lot of them come to us naturally just like the desire to walk comes naturally but imagine if you if, if we were denied the opportunity to learn to walk if every time you stood up to try to, to figure out your balance and take that first step somebody pushed you down yeah right that'd be terrible that, that would be it, that'd be a significant blow to how you develop as a, as a human being and it'd be a significant blow to how you can move through the world right this this abandonment via you know technology and things like that that, I, that i've talked about here that's that somebody pushing us down every time we try to learn how to do the, the things i articulate in, in the the primal primer right mm-hmm. we're just not even being presented with the option to learn these things anymore so it's, you know from, from that standpoint people that aren't that don't have you know your childhood where some of these things were, were made available to you you know people that grew up like i did where this stuff just wasn't even wasn't even an option, right? I, I couldn't go in the backyard and make my own fire, right? It's not yeah. something that I could have I could have done, right? So, right. but that, that was effectively, you know, our whole society being arranged in a way that pushes us down every time we try to learn those things, right? Yeah. So, it's, you know, a lot of stuff. I'm not even. I don't blame anybody for it, right? It, 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 it makes sense if you look at how we got here, but we have to we have to find a way to reintroduce some of these things back in. Yeah, you know, otherwise I, we're going to keep. So. What's coming to my mind is like so many people groups. I mean, throughout history, these, there's been a lot of people groups that, you know, there would be this uh, training from a young child, especially with the men, you know, and I'm not going to try to uh, leave out the women because I don't know what they were doing. But I know with the men, a lot of times they're, the the boys would be raised up learning these skills. And then there would be this time in their life where they came to this rite of passage thing where mm-hmm. they would have to perform in a certain way yes. to be called a man, you know, and, and, you know, go out and, you know, hunt a certain animal or do it, you know, survive in the woods for three days or something, yeah. you know, that would yeah. enter them into manhood. And, and, and I don't know that that was always right, but I mean, you see that it was a, a major development in their life to become a, a fully, you know, functional person in that people group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't become an adult member of that group until you demonstrated the yeah. competence of the adult member. Of yeah, that group. yeah. And that's kind of what I'm getting at here with, with, with this, this, the concept I call core human competence is this minimum set of required skills it takes to be a fully mature, fully developed yeah. human. Now we got kids that grow up and can't, you know, balance of checking Right. you or, know or use a can opener <laughs> yeah right yeah and 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 you know i, I i'm kind of laughing in jest but i mean it's sad it really is sad it's, but yes. um we need to yeah i mean we need to raise our children to be able to function in this world but i i see what you're saying not just function in a a, a world full of technology and conveniences but to feel good that 
they, they don't need those things if they didn't have them. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, I want, I want the grocery store to be a choice. Yeah. Right. I don't want to take the grocery store away. I want the grocery store to be a choice. I, you know, my, my goal with all of this stuff, I'm not looking to get everybody out in the woods all weekend long hunting for their next meal. What I want to do is make sure that we don't ever end up in the streets killing each other for our next meal. Sure. And I want to preserve cooperation. And that's my whole goal is just we have to we're not cooperating, but we it's because we can't. We can't yeah. cooperate because we can't say no because we have to have our needs. That's why they're called needs. Yeah, We have to have our needs met. And right now we're dependent on others for them, which means we can't say no to that system that's providing the needs. But if we can get to a point where each of us is competent and confident enough in our ability to meet our own needs, then suddenly we're cooperating again. Then we're exchanging value rather than manipulations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're not controlling your food because you can get your food outside of the system. Yeah. Right. You're not controlled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be uncontrollable. That's yeah. That's, yeah. That's my I love it. Yeah. I mean, and I agree, <laughs> you know, and, and and it's not even just the food uh, uh, overall. It's what kind of food, you know, yeah. you're going to eat the food from the grocery store. You're going to eat this, mm -hmm. what I consider almost poison these days. You know, we're going to eat, we're going to feed you this and you're going to eat it. Because that's what's available to you. And and right. we can say no and go down a different path, you know, and choose to grow our own food, raise our own animals, forage, hunt, do all the things. Yeah. And, right. and uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I've been <laughs> pushing for for a long time. It's what I talk a lot about on this podcast is that, you know, uh, we need to be able to to do things for ourselves. I mean, I use the word self-sufficiency a lot. And, and yeah. but, you know, when I say that, I, I don't ever mean you're doing it all by yourself. We operate in a community of people, but, you know, and, and, and that's good that we can rely on others as well. And we can be there for others also. But, um, yeah, I mean, we definitely, even on the, the individual level, there has to be a level of competency in these things. So you can, you can do them. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and feel good about it. So, yeah. Um, uh, so What's the skills that, what, is there one skill you say, learn this one for sure? Yeah. So the, the one skill that I think is most important right now is that skill of, of situational awareness. And what, what it is, it's um, the, the way I present it, it's, it, you have to do what I call establishing a baseline, right? And that means learning how to step into any environment and figuring out what fits and what doesn't fit in that, in that environment, right? What's supposed to be occurring in that environment? What behaviors do you, would you expect to see in that environment? What, what makes sense to be in that environment? That's that's what I call establishing a baseline, mm -hmm. right? Once we've established a baseline, and the whole reason we want to establish a baseline is so that we can identify anomalies, any deviations from that baseline, right? So an anomaly can be something that is in that environment that shouldn't be in that environment, or an anomaly could be something that's missing from that environment that should be in that environment. So like the example I use in the book is, let's say you walk into um, a coffee shop, right? We all know, we've all been into a coffee shop. We know what to expect in a coffee shop. You know, you see people waiting in line to get coffee, waiting in line to pick up their order, see people at tables on laptops, you know, see people in conversations. Um, you see the staff back there, you know, making all the frothy drinks, all that kind of stuff. Names on the cups. Uh, yeah, names wrong. on the cups, yeah. all that stuff <laughs> that we expect to see. And we can, we, can, we can reasonably expect that same baseline to exist in just about any coffee shop we walk into anywhere in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty familiar baseline, pretty easy baseline to set, right? Now, what if you walk in to that coffee shop and there's a person in a clown suit behind the counter, right? That would be a deviation from our expectations. That would be a deviation from our norm, a deviation from the baseline. So then we have to, then we have to start thinking, all right, is there context that makes this appropriate? Is it Halloween? Is it, are they doing some sort of celebration? Right. Is there any context that makes this appropriate? Right. So we, we evaluate our anomalies through context. He's a politician. He's a, he's right. a politician. He's a politician. <laughs> well, they're all clowns. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't even need to see. <laughs> oh. um, so, so, so we filter our anomalies through context and relevance in order to figure out whether or not they actually are anomalies or we need to fit them into our baseline. 
right? But we do that. So we, we establish a baseline. We learn to establish a baseline so that we can identify anomalies. And we do that so that we can make a decision. And that's what situational awareness is actually about. It's about making decisions based on the inputs from your environment. And we want to get to a point where we can make a decision as quickly as possible, right? So that's that, that's an example of something being added to the environment that, that that's a deviation from a baseline. Let's say you walk into that same coffee shop. There's nobody at the counter. You don't see any employees anywhere, right? You're looking over the counter. You can't see anybody anywhere, right? That's also an anomaly. That represents a deviation. But that's a deviation where something was subtracted from yeah. our environment. Right now, it could be they're all in back at gunpoint. You don't know. It could be there was a bomb threat on the building and everybody got out and you showed up afterwards and shouldn't be there. But there's something that, that's in that environment that's telling you that there's something not right, that there's something that doesn't match or align with your expectations. You need we often we've kind of been conditioned to ignore those kind of signals. You know, we get we get feedback from schools and from society and stuff like that, you know treat everybody equally and, you know, don't, don't judge and don't, don't, don't do, you know, don't make, a, 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 you know, assumptions about people and things like that. We, we've lost a lot of our ability to, to be situationally aware because of that. I understand the intent of that feedback, but we've really, yeah. you know, we've really crippled or hindered ourselves to accurately read our environments mm-hmm. by, by applying some of those concepts. And so I'm trying, sure. I'm also trying to reintroduce that, 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 that the big, the big skill, the most important one is the situational awareness because it's that first step in our decision-making process. I think you have to, yeah. we have to have those quality sense. inputs. Right? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I, I even see that skill, you know, you're putting in scenarios in a, in a place, you know, you walk in and see something, but I'm even thinking about just stepping out of yourself kind of, and just doing like this, you know, broad observation of your life yeah. and say, okay, is there sicknesses in my life or there yep. financial situations in my life yeah. that ain't right? Just look at all the things that are wrong or maybe not where they should be and say, okay, what's causing that? Right. And, and really be aware of your situation and then start thinking about what are the steps it would take to fix that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I see that being such a way, you know, situational awareness, right? To, you know, even to, uh, using that kind of a situation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I fully agree with you. And that's, that's one of the concepts I try to help people get in the book is when I, when I'm talking about situational awareness, I'm not just talking about those kinetic events, those mm-hmm. sudden occurrences, right? Th- those definitely are something we want, we want to be situation aware of. But the whole point here is to bias as much time as we can for our decision-making process, right? So in those kinetic events, we might be buying ourselves seconds in order to make a decision, right? The, the, the bad actor, the attack, things like that, things that we're paying attention to. Right. You know, we might be buying ourselves seconds, but you know, like in the examples you used, you know, we could potentially be buying ourselves years yeah. ahead of, of, ahead of the bad thing happening. If we're paying attention to it, you know, like another one of the examples I use in the book, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I had that friend of mine kill himself in high school. If I had a, a, a bigger, broader, stronger skill set of situational awareness, I could have picked up signals he was giving off. Or the adults in our lives could have picked up signals he was giving off. Nobody was paying attention to those. Nobody had the skill of situational awareness to pick up on the changes in his behavior, the changes in his demeanor, the changes in his expression and, and things like that to, to, to do any intervention. Or, mm-hmm. or it wouldn't have occurred. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to use that as an example. Right. And so, right. so even so, in this, it didn't happen. So, I mean, obviously the, the death happened suddenly, but leading up to the death, there was a fair bit of time where, you know, looking back, you can see yeah. things that were missed in the, in the process. Right. So it, it, absolutely. You're absolutely correct in that this, the skill set doesn't just apply to immediate threats or immediate environment. It is a broad lifelong skill set that we just, it's just not being developed yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. I you would know? say most disasters, either on a large scale or even in your own individual life, that happen are probably from a, a breakdown of, of that awareness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For yeah, sure. and, you know, and our <laughs> we evolved to read tiny, subtle cues in our environments. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's what that's what our senses are doing all the time. Our sight, our hearing, our, our smell, all of that, it's, it's picking up even more than what we're consciously aware of. It's reading all of these signals all the time. And we call that process our intuition. We call that, you know, our gut, right? That's picking up on all these signals and we get a feeling about a place or a feeling yeah. about an individual or things like that, right? But we're actually picking yeah. up on real legitimate cues. We're picking up on their expressions. We're picking up on body language. We're picking up on how they're navigating through the environment. I mean, body, you know, the, the research shows body language is something between 60 and 70% of communication 
how much time in school did you spend on body language? <laughs> I, I got none. Yeah, not that I recall. Not <laughs> right? self-taught, but <laughs> and it's sixty to seventy percent of our communication. Yeah. We're yeah. leaving huge gaps in our ability to interact with each other mm-hmm. because we're we're ignoring and abandon and we've abandoned these these skill sets. Yeah. Right. So so you know. I don't know. It's just astounding to me. As I as I've dug deeper and deeper into this, you know, and I've gotten more and more into it. You know, the more I learn about it, the, the less I feel like I I know because it gets so so yeah. deep so fast. But but it's sure. just such an essential that that one particularly. I think if if I had to pull out one skill set, it would be that develop situational awareness that, because it yeah, applies so I, broad. That sounds like a great place to start. Also, I think a great place to start is with your book. It sounds like it's. Lays out the <laughs> basics right there. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, you get really, I mean, a, a beginner, a place to begin. I mean, there. Now, where do you go from there? I mean, I, you probably have ideas on what you do after you read a book like yours. I mean, what are the next yeah, step yeah. and the next step and the next step? But yeah, there's um, a beginning. So, point so for yeah, sure. so the, you know, the book it's it's pretty straightforward. It's a, it's a quick read. It's not a real long book, right? My goal is to make it as accessible as possible. Um, and I, the other nice thing about it is I use myself as the example, so I'm not beating you up through, mm-hmm. <laughs> through the book, right? So, so you get to you get to sounds like we could all be an example, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Um, which is you know, um, so you know, and like like I mentioned earlier, the book represents the absolute minimum set of skills. From 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 there, you know, I I offer courses and training and stuff like that as well. That's what my business is. So yeah. you know, I'm always available as a resource. But you know, what the book is a general approach. It's a general set of, of skills from there, you know, really start looking at what is in your environment, you know, pick up a book about, uh, or, or even an app, a plant identification app, right. And go wandering through your, your parks or your, your, you know, your trails mm-hmm. or whatnot and start looking for what, what are the, what are the plants around here that I can utilize to, 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 to get fibrous material to make yeah. corn? What are the plants I can use around here to make a fireboard with? What are the plants around here I can eat? exactly right? yeah as you're moving through even through your public your public parks in the middle of a city a yeah. lot of the stuff you're looking at is resources yep that should you need to use it it's there and available to you so you know it's stuff yeah. like that you can do it's not on a regular basis and, without any change in 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 your normal routine and and you know what and again technology today's technology can absolutely assist you right. in learning these primal yeah. skills yeah <laughs> I was, yeah. I was I was talking I was talking to a friend of mine, and I don't know if you remember a few years ago if you, if you came across your radar at all. But there was this big craze where people were playing that that Pokemon Go game, right? They're wandering around. With their I remember that. Yeah. Little virtual creatures. I'm like, do that same thing, but use a plant identification app and go find yeah. every every edible plant you can. Great idea. The three mile yeah. Greenies in your house. Out. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same concept. Gamify, and, and, gamify right, your education. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Have some fun with it, you know. But but yeah. but but after you, after you get through the primal primer, look look local, right? What what's in your environment? What's going to be the best type of shelter to build in mm-hmm. your environment? What's going to be the best? Um, what what kind of animals exist in your environment, right? What what's the best way to if you had to? How do you trap or catch or hunt those animals, right? In, yeah. in your environment, what are some of the threats that exist? What what can you start looking for locally? That, that that's specific to your experience, right? So so mm-hmm. mine is the general. So build the foundation of the general, and then start drilling down into the more local, more specific, more directly applicable to your experience. And then just build what what I call file folders, right? It's just experiences. Try to build as many file folders as you can. Draw from mine. Draw from other people that, that are you know subject matter experts, and then draw from your own. You have as many of these file folders in your head for for any experience you might encounter, so that you can extrapolate. You know. And connect the dots and and, and pull from and, and navigate those those environments, right? I mean, the goal here is the, the human being. We got to where we are because we are the the top adaptive generalist that's ever existed on the planet, right? And we've through through our specialization and through you know our division of labor and stuff, we've overcommitted ourselves to those things, and we've really stepped away from that generalist yeah. expression. And, yeah. and, and what I'm suggesting here is that we need to, all of us need to reestablish that foundation of being an adaptive generalist. And that's the goal here. So once you've got, you know, that, once you've got my foundation in place, then start a, a, adopting and adapting that to your specific needs and your specific environment and really build from there. Yeah. And then have fun with it, right? Do this with your kids. Yeah. My kids yeah. all learn this stuff from me. You know, I, I, I've got a, a six-year-old and she loves helping me make the fire, right? That's a skill she's never going to forget. 
Yeah. Yeah, make, make it make it fun. No sense, right. no sense having anxiety trying to right. raise anxiety. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So you know, I mean, it, yeah. It, I, I mentioned my kids. One of the other things, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you have kids or not, but oh yeah, you know, grandkids. We, we often when we're out, when we're out and about, we'll play you know like the I Spy game, right? But I incorporate situational awareness training into that. I'll yeah. use the examples I'm seeing in the environment, and I'll say I spy the clown behind the counter. Or, you know, yeah. I spy something that something that doesn't make sense in this environment. I want them looking around for it, trying to identify, uh, identify. Right. So this stuff doesn't have to be hard to learn. And it can be fun to play with as you're doing it. All of that is practice and all this stuff, just like learning to walk takes practice. All of this takes practice. And first, it's going to be awkward and clumsy and you're, you're going to feel like you're wrong all the time. Right. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. Keep practicing. Keep, keep paying attention. Yeah. Keep looking at your environment. Right. Just make sure that, you, you know. If you have any concerns about as you're doing your your plant exploration, if you have any concerns about whether or not it's edible, don't eat it. Yeah, I'm with you That's there. Yeah, one hundred and ten percent sure that it's edible before you right. put it in your mouth. Absolutely. I do in, yeah. in the book. I do offer. I do um, present the the army's um, version of their of their plant edibility test. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have a whole process you can go through to test whether yeah, or not a plant right. is edible. And I, I put that in the book as well. So people have a, a mechanism for, for doing that part as well if they find awesome. it. Yeah. Well, Luke, you've definitely given us, uh, well, I mean, you've given us a lot to think about. You gave us some first <laughs> steps to take for sure. I mean, I recommend people get your book. Uh, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I, I don't have it right now, <laughs> but you've, you've convinced me that I want to read this because it sounds, I mean, it sounds like it's covering all the basic stuff, but I think. I mean, sometimes you just have to get back to basics and really understand why you're doing the things you're doing, you know, and take it to a deeper place and, and it, it give you, you know, the confidence to really understand I need to to do this, you know, and, yeah. and, um, uh, plug yourself, the book, the website, <laughs> all the things yep. tell people yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Like I said, you know, no, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, we don't ever get to stop being human. Mm-hmm. That's just that's baked into our experience. Right. So the, the book is the primal primer, right? This is uh, the, the the book here. <laughs> Survive. What's what's the subtitle there? Survive, Survive anything, anything, slay anxiety, and exit the system. I like the exit right? the system part a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you dependent on the system. I want you to, to be able to cooperate. Um, yes. My website is corehumancompetence.com. That's where I offer my you know, my my organizational training and environment developing online courses for all this material as well. Um, the book's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble's website. You get soft cover, hard copy, um, all that kind of thing. There's links on the website as well. Um, I do I do offer. Um, there's there's the paperback, the hard copy. There's audio book and there's video book for, for this one. If you want me reading it to well, you, I'll that's put that's in all the links for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll I'll shoot those all all over to you. Um, I'm also on Twitter at lukeweinhagen.com, right? Is my my Twitter handle. Um, but really, the the website's the best place to find me. All my all my links are there. So, so great stuff. Yeah, I I tell you, I didn't know what to expect with this because it's not our normal it's <laughs> yeah. not our normal discussion, you know, on right, the right. podcast. But right, I I tell you, I think it fits right in. I think uh, everything you said is is you know exactly what we need to be doing. And um, like I said, you you may never we may never be as a people in a position where we have to be out, you know, breaking completely away from the system because we said no and we have to feed ourselves. We may never be in that situation. Right. And I hope we are. And, and I, yeah, I hope we aren't. But if we it's nice to know that if we ever are, we can do it. And right. and uh you know and my I, argument is that it's essential to know. And even if you you never have to use it, yeah, it does something for us yep. beyond just the provision itself. Yep. So it, 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 it's the weightlifting yeah. for our emotions. Uh, yeah, that's great. I love it, man. That's it's good stuff. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all this with us. I think it's uh, I think it's something a lot of us need to hear. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to extend my appreciation to you as well, because even though it, it may not have been on your radar, you've been helping people's mental health through the stuff you've made available as well. So I, well, I, I, I appreciate that. you saying that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, some great stuff from uh, Luke there. I uh, hope you'll get his book. I did. As soon as we got done with that interview, I went and bought the, uh, I actually bought the uh, Kindle version and I dove into it a little bit and it was some good stuff in there. And uh, I look forward to getting through the book. I, uh, I think it's a, it's a good place to go and um, get some of this information and get started with all the things that Luke talked about. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and until the next one, uh, happy homesteading and God bless. I find the sea, I think I need a change. 
The rat race I wanna flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free Like grandma did Sitting on her front porch Hunting and fishing Like a kid Once you've done all of your chores It's a Today 